I hope y'all are. This episode, this, yo, hey, if you're a fan of country music, folk music, bluegrass, blues, if you listen to NPR, if you out there in, in Tennessee or wherever, Oklahoma, I don't know where that joint's at. The Grand Ole Opry. Yo. And you're, and you're listening going, Black History you, you do Black History moments. What's what's up? And for those of you who are about to jump the gun and go, Charlie Pride was the first. Close, you're close, you're close. It's not Charlie Pride. It's this brother here, the Ford Bailey. I'll get deep into his story. i tell you more so about the Grand Ole Opry and his him being a house band guy. Him starting out, winning second place. Cause that's what happened. He started, he was young. Came in, blew the game up, took the world by storm as far as in that, in that space, became part of the part of the band. But before that, he would show up here and there. So he was technically the first guest. He just wasn't mega popular. You know what I mean? This is just this is dope because it goes back to what I've been saying. And what we always say, black music is everywhere. You know what I mean? So when you see, when you, even when you go Charlie Pride, salute to Charlie Pride. Ford Bailey, though, we definitely have to talk, show, show love to him. You know what I mean? That's just, that's just what we do. This is how it goes down. This is why we do this, man. We just, history. And... In a minute, we'll get into a whole lot of other history, dope stuff, because we're always digging for something. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff I personally know, and then there's stuff that I'm looking up, and I'm checking out, and doing research on myself to give it to y'all, man, because that's what it is about, word up. Um, We also talk about a quick little slab of growing up for a hot minute, by the way, I do like NPR, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I rock with NPR, but we talk about growing up and how certain females and certain dudes worked at certain places. You didn't, like nowadays, everybody looks the same. Everybody got the tats all over the place, the color, the piercings, and they're all over the place. Back in the day, that was regulated to certain places. You couldn't go up in the gap. And see the punk rocker chick or the punk rocker dude, or you know what I'm saying, or the thug or the gangster. They had a they had a style. They had a style. You know what I mean? Now it's everybody's everywhere. You know? So and that brought up because I was played a joint off the juice soundtrack. And it was and we started talking about the chick at the record store. When she came off the stair joint, when she came off the ladder, and she was, uh. And it's like, ah. That was the typical hip-hop chick back then. A lot of them hip-hop chicks went with the bangingest brides. You know, you know what I mean? You know, R&B chicks, that was different. Like, if you knew a chick around the way who could sing or she was in our R&B game, yo. But a chick that was out here gonna spit bars? Mm, she looked a little like a dude a little bit. Let's, let's keep it real. But we have a little nostalgia for a hot second for that. And we get into this whole Grand Opry thing. Which is dope. D- the Grand Opry in general, man. Look that history up. And then think about all the black people 
who have come through those doors, went in those doors, did their thing, and went on about their business. You know what I mean? This is what we do. This is how we get down. Please do your research. Enjoy. Let's go. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, turn it down a little bit. You know how we do, man. What we do when we get into it. Hey, SWV. Can't front on that. That joint was official, man. Hey, everybody was out here rocking that SWV. Then we took it to, um, whatever happened to old girl from the, um, Tammy Lewis? Whatever happened to her? Yo, cause she was official. That I mean at least that song was official. You know what I'm saying? Like that song was dope. You know what I mean? That joint. Yo, that was like, I remember that joint, man. Like, <laughs> I can't even think of the like, she was like, Tammy singing. Ooh. Hey. Ooh. And that was on the juice joint too. Hey, let's keep it real. Juice. Shorty in the record store. She was the backyard wasn't even official like that. She stepped down and they see the gold tooth and she she was alright. She wasn't. Mm, she was alright. Like she was alright for that situation. Like she was a like you know what I mean. Like remember when we grew up? Like there was a certain type of person that worked at stores. He was expecting that. You know what I mean? The cute chick be at the corner store, you know what I'm saying, or the gas station, you know what I'm saying, or maybe, maybe at the, at the, like, the, the, the food, the, the grocery store, you know what I mean, kind of joints, you know what I'm saying, the super duper cute chicks would be in, like, the little mom pop, little, little, little trinket type joints, you know what I'm saying, somebody like, yo, we sell comic books, or, nah, nah, comic, nah, that's a whole different joint, nah, we sell, like, little, little things, like, furniture here, we do little, little, little mom pop joints, you know what I'm saying, then, like, you had the geeky-looking bras. They worked at the comic stores. They worked at the, you know what I mean? And then it's, like, the not really hot, but she was okay-ish bras. They worked at the record store. You know what I'm saying? Because they was music heads. Like, you talk that music with them. Like, yo, someone so drop. Yeah, how you feeling about it? Right. Most of them all over social media. Real hip-hop heads. You know what I mean? For real, for real. That was like, and they still out here just popping, like, talking that talk too about, yeah, someone so, yeah, I play that real, you know what I'm saying, them chicks. That was like, or they had that funk vibe, or they had that R&B joint, but it was a look. Like, now, everybody looks the same, you know what I mean? For real. The same chick that you see in, um, Spencer's and Hot Topics is the same chick in American Eagle in the Gap. You know what I mean? For real. Like, the same chick that's now trying to sell you, you know what I'm saying, asking you, you know what I'm saying, with the, you be like, yo, can I get these in the size, whatever, whatever. And that's the same type of chick. Like, they all look the same now. You know what I mean? There used to be certain places for that. You know what I mean? Like, and even in the um, shoe stores, remember you'd always get either she was super thick or she was super skinny. There was no in-between. There was no curvaceousness. Either they were fat or they were skinny. You know what I'm saying? Like, if she was overweight, plus size, BBW, and Miami was rocking, you was like, okay, alright, coach, coach, what's up, coach? Alright, breath, what it is, blow the whistle, breath. You know what I mean? She's skinny, you know, and they all had the same hairstyle, they all did the same joints. Now you be like, yo, these, they just be letting anybody in these joints, man. Like, 
game is crazy. Like, ah. You know what I'm saying? You went to the white people corner store, you knew what you was going to expect. You saw, like, the chick behind the counter. She always, it was always a blonde chick or a dirty blonde chick. Had, like, two big old bumps right up under her eye. No matter what, no matter, always had like the, had like the tank top with the tattoo showing. No bra, the tank, the tank top was dirty, no matter the color. And you knew if she had to come from around the corner, she was barefoot. Don't act like I am, don't act like I'm making this up. And the man would always have either a polo or a plaid button up. You expected that. You knew that. When you went to the black corner stores, you expected to have the cool dudes and the hot chicks that were there. Cause they was related somehow to the dude who owned it. Cause it was always a dude who owned it. And he, you know what I'm saying, he was just some old dude. And he always wore stuff that was like kinda in there, but wasn't right there. You know what I'm saying? It was always like he wore like a championship shirt at least a year or two out. You know what I'm saying? He out here wearing like a piston shirt. And the Bulls have won three championships already. You know what I'm saying? That type of joint. It was always, you knew what you was expecting back in the day. You know what I mean? That was just, don't act like I'm the only one, man. It was, you know what I mean? But anyway, this is what we do. This is live at the Oasis. <coughs> Y'all know what time it is. It's that time of the night to do what we do. So, take it from the top. Take it from the top. Like, uh, I would love to say that this is like, I don't know who this is. Um, but anyway, let's get down to what we were doing, because I lost track. I'm listening to the beat. Anyway, <clears throat> bring that back, matter of fact. This moment in black history. We're going to talk about the Grand old Opry. For yo, look, I'm going to tell you a piece of, piece of real quick history about myself. There was a time I was an NPR, I, I ain't going to say like I was I'm an NPR listener, and like, NPR had like three great shows that I rock with, hard, like there were three shows that I really, really rock with, it was um, the Mechanic Dudes, one of them died so the show ended, it was, ah, all things being considered, that joint, matter of fact, I guess it was more than three, um, it was another joint, ah man, it was, it was a couple of joints. It was some joints, though. It was dope. And then there was the Grand Ole Opry joint. It would come on on the weekends, and it was an old white guy. And was, I guess you would get it live. They were recording it live, and they, they had their little, like, you know what I'm saying, stage performance, Carol Burnett type joints, hee-haw type joints. And then they sing, and then they go through the dishes, and then whatever artist they have, they got to do their live joints. That's actually how I came across there's a country group, folk group, black group from um, Tennessee somewhere, I think, in Kentucky or Tennessee, called the Chocolate Chocolate Drops or something like that. Ah, the Carolina Chocolate Drops. So maybe they're from Carolina. I don't know. But anyway, and they had a rendition of um, Hit 'em Up Style, and they used, the, they used the fiddle. You know what I'm saying? I got to find that joint. It was dope. I, I blew my mind. And I was like, yo, they had black and uh, ignorance. I'm like, yo, they let black people on this joint? But I was just rocking because I like music. You know what I'm saying? Dope country music, folk music. It was what it was. Anyway, here's the crazy thing. The way that the rumor mill is, a lot of people would like to tell you that Charlie Pride 
was the first black artist in the Grand Ole Opry. Here's the truth. He kind of was, but he wasn't. He was the first major star. He was the first established star. Matter of fact, they had many stars. Pearl Bailey was up there. A lot of artists came through. A lot of black artists came through because it was also a very country folk jazzy joint. The whole name came from, it was a place that played a lot of opera and then there was times where the, where, the, where the folk people would get in, the blues people would get the rock out. You know what I'm saying? So they was like, and you know, they country. You know, that grand old opera. They won't even, they didn't even say opera. They was just like opera. And that's how the name stuck. Now, here's the crazy part about that. There was a brother that gets no credit for any of this for the most part. For the most part. I mean, he do, but he don't. Like I said, a lot of people want to rock with Charlie Pride. But the Ford Bailey was rocking in that joint as a team. He actually entered in a, um, a talent show contest one second place. Maybe I'm thinking I might be wrong. I might be wrong about the place he won. But he was just like dope. He was he made voice, he made noises, he did things. He was from Tennessee, so it won't nothing to skip over. He was in Tennessee, he was rural Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? And he did his thing, from what I'm reading, 1925, one second place in a rendition of It Ain't Gonna Rain No More. You know what I'm saying? With a French harp. Boom, and he did his thing. The Grand Ole Opry, matter of fact, he was there when they actually called it the Grand Ole Opry. At first, it wasn't called the Grand Ole Opry. They called it something else. So during the 30s, he's actually, the, the, like, I guess the mainstay, I guess what I'm saying is he, was more, he ended up more so being part of the house band. He started to be like, like you know what I'm saying, like Sandman is part of the, and Kiki Shepard and all them, and they got their own band. He's, you know what I'm saying, so he wasn't a guest. And I guess that's where they say Charlie Pride comes in first, because he went from being somebody who would come out every once in a while to being part of the program. He was like, yo, he went from being a guest star to having an actual spot. But when they went on tour around the South, around the areas, he was with them. And a lot of joints happened. He went through a lot of joints. You know, segregation was crazy, because you're talking 30s, 40s, 50s. And it's like, yo, we like their music, but you can't get up in here with that. You know what I'm saying? And we're talking 30s and 40s and 50s and stuff like that. And my man, you know what I'm saying? He was born in 1899, so he was still relatively young. You know what I'm saying? We're talking the 30s and 40s. He was still, like, I mean, old enough to understand the situation, but still, like, young enough to be like, come on, man, that ignorance, that, that, you know how, I think that's what it is a lot of times, like, Look at like how people are so whatever. It's because they had that that youthful, um, inquisitive curiosity, wanting to rebel. And then there's a point in their life where they're like, nah, I guess this is what it is. And he wasn't at that point in his life yet. And he was just out here doing his thing. But he was the first brother to do his thing. First person to do his thing. You know what I'm saying? He died in 1982. You know what I'm saying? The country music people celebrated this man at the Grand Ole Grand Opry. The African Americans celebrated this man at the Grand Ole Opry the next year. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? Now, talking about Charlie Pride, he was celebrated later on down the line, like in the 90s, along with a few other artists. But, again, Grand Ole Opry, look, look, if you look it up, Grand Ole Opry, 
you would think had nothing to do with black people or black music, but Black Music Month, I'm telling y'all, y'all need to understand, we are everywhere. Our music is everywhere. You take away black music, and everybody is still left with the opera part of it. You know what I mean? So, salute to that brother, DeFord Bailey. Salute to Charlie Pride. Salute to all the other artists, great artists, who did their thing in the Grand Ole Opry and did it out of love for the music. You know what I'm saying? The respect for the music. Because people, like, yo, the crowds was out here feeling it. Y'all ain't understanding. Back in the day, Ellis Fitzgerald and Pearl Bailey and all of these, these great artists, they could go out here and kill it. You know what I'm saying? After they do the chitlin' circuit, they make that move up top. Well, not up top, more so leftish, because Tennessee's still southern. Leftish. And still kill it with a whole with a whole different artist, with a whole different audience. And not really necessarily quote unquote sell out. You know what I'm saying? If like this is what they do, it's appreciated on both ends. Little Richard. All these people, man, we gotta like, you gotta salute these people. Um, we did the joint with Rosetta Thought, Sister Rosetta, a few months back, how she could like rock out at the club on Saturday and then help you out with the hymns on Sunday because she, she was that big. She was big enough to be on a secular level and then go to the Christian level. Hey, black music is beautiful, man. Love it. Respect it. This is what we do right here. This is what I do. Um, get at me on Twitter, Black Seas, B-L-A-C-K underscore C-E-E-Z. Get at me on the gram. Y'all know who I am. Black Caesar Sun, B-L-A-C-K-C-E-Z-A-R, hold on, B-L-A-C-K-C-E-E-Z-A-R-S-O-N-N, Facebook Live at the Oasis Mix Show, Mixcloud, Soundcloud, YouTube, Hitters.at, Dailymotion, Vimo, um, Audio Mac, it's a whole bunch of choice, I'm realizing I got a lot of old, Hulk Share, uh, yeah, you know what I mean, whatever. Them joints, Black Caesar, Alive at the Oasis. You can find me out there doing my thing. It's just the way that we do it. That's why the beats be banging. Y'all be thinking that I'm playing or something. Stop fronting. I got it like I got a good word bar. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Oh, I was about to give y'all some bars. I ain't got time for that right now, though. Let's get back into this music. And two of me, too. Word up. Let's go. This is a Soul of Art presentation. 